Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me for this fun day, Sunday edition of the show, a man that is constantly getting inspirational speeches from his four-year-old niece, Jake, Papa J-Bones, Parlor. That is true. Yep. Yes. That is that That's is right. Yes. Did I get, did, is she four? Hmm. She, yeah, she's four or five, but uh, <laughs> yesterday when she's her. She's yeah. one of those ages. <laughs> I don't know. We'll say, we'll say she's four and a half ish. Okay. That way okay. You, you can round up yeah, or round down. Exactly. I like it. I was hanging out with them yesterday and my little niece, she put a, she dumped out all the diapers out of the box and put the box over my nephew's head, who's like mm. two. And she just got a kick out of watching him run around the house and run into walls. It seemed like he had a pretty so. big kick too. I saw that, uh, you, you posted a video of that and he was, uh, oh, he yeah. was going bananas with that box. And it's, so, it's sort of like a oh, yeah, sort of like a cat with a bag. That's right. You know? Give a, give a cat a mm. bag, and they'll go bananas for a good you know couple hours with that bag. It's the best thing in their life, you know. Oh. I mean, yeah, man. Kids, kids, kids are kids are fun, you know. As long as you mean they're other people's kids, yeah. You know, as long as you can but, leave, uh, you know. That's a fact. exactly. If you're stuck with them 24 hours a day, ugh, gets a little monotonous. Two hours with True. two hours with kids, I can handle that. I can come over. I can laugh all off all their dumb things that they do. Like I still, still one of my favorite experiences with a kid ever uh, uh, was when I was still going to USC, uh, Jake, and I was in front of uh, a blot, as it's pr- properly announced, blat. Though everybody calls it, even though yeah. it's not. Um, anyways, I was in front of that building, right? And I was getting ready to go in, and there was this uh, mom with her with her son walking in, right? And she stops because she had to look at something on her phone, and she let go of her son's hand, and she's like, "Don't touch anything," right? And mm. uh, she turns around to her phone, and she's getting ready to call somebody, and as soon as she said that. Her kid just looks down, and there's this giant mud puddle, and he just sticks his hands down over his elbows, all the Ew. way down, oh, yeah. just like a good like foot into that, into the mud, and turns back around, and his mom's just like, Ugh. and I was like, oh, that's pretty hilarious. I mean, yeah. I'd sort of want him if he was my kid, but. He's not yeah. my kid. Yeah. So it's hilarious. Like you don't you don't like you don't have to worry about cleaning that mess. No. You just get to witness it. No. So I true. just I, you know, I was just like, oh, you precocious kid, you with your mud. Oh, yeah. hilarious. And then I walked in and forgot about it. Meanwhile, she's sitting there cleaning him up and he probably got mud all over her car and she was like, Great decision, this kid. Great decision. Uh anyways, Jake. We're still in a pandemic, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. It hasn't gone away. Oh. Yeah. It's uh, uh four, four months. Four months, getting close to it now, around a little over four months. Um, a lot of things have happened Sheesh. in those four months. Four and a half million people 
got coronavirus in in uh, the U.S. Jeez, uh, 140,000 people have died. Uh, uh, roughly 30 million uh, people have lost their jobs. Uh, which brings us to an obvious point, Jake. The world has changed because of coronavirus. So true. Right? With, Fair. With yep. the underlying title, yeah, obviously. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. And that brings me to the point, Jake, that I can't tell you how tired I'm getting of reading headlines of these articles that say... The world has changed, and it will never be the same. Word. Right? I don't know if you're like me, but I've constantly seen these headlines. Ten things that have changed because of coronavirus and will never be the same. Hmm. The thing about employment that have changed because of coronavirus. Hmm. Like, just constantly. All kinds of headlines like that. Right? Which... Yeah, just... Which, two things, Jake. Two things. First... First, let me say, I get it, right? These journalists have to write about something, and that's all they see every day is things about coronavirus. So, of course, that's a fact. you're going to probably write about that. Two, everything has changed, and it will never be a same, uh, the same. But along with those two things that are true, it's also true that those articles are f- annoying. So, mm-hmm. you know... I hate to inform everyone listening and everyone on Earth, but everything changes every day. It's the whole deal about being alive. That's a fact. From from the moment of this sentence, when this sentence ends, Jake, nothing will ever be the same as it is right now. Boom. Just changed. Just happened. Yeah. Yeah. Mind-boggling. Every day, no matter how much you try to keep things the same... They will change. You can eat the same breakfast, you can live in the same house, have the same job, but things will not remain the same. Nope. Your mail person will change. Maybe the grocery store will stop carrying the bread that you like for breakfast. Maybe a whorehouse will move into your ha- the house next to yours. What? Who knows, uh. Jake? I'm just spitballing ideas of things that can change. These things can change. So... Regardless of coronavirus, your life will be different. That's a fact. I'm, I mean, honestly, Jake, I could start the uh, if we wanted to at the start of the show every week instead of a different monologue. I could start just like those journalists and say every show, "Hey, here's ten reasons why after this week you'll never be the same." I could do that, but I don't because it'd be stupid. So. I don't, right? <laughs> There's no point. And what's what's even worse about half these articles? They're not even based on things that happened. Nope. Right? It's just conjecture of what could happen hmm. with the disease. It's not even like an educated guess. It's just wild ideas of what could happen because of virus. Like, I don't need your crazy guesses of what will happen in the future. Nope. If I wanted that, I could just pay the way too stone dude that's at every house party to write articles for me. So That'd true. be way more entertaining. Hey, yeah. in the future, cars will have a mini vending machine below the air conditioning unit. Sweet. And, and they'll be restocked by drones every Saturday. And every medication on the market will be replaced by different strains of weed. Yes! 
Right? That's way yeah. more entertaining than your crazy coronavirus stories. Come on. I mean, I got to be honest. I quit listening. I, I quit reading and quit listening to media and newspapers and articles, you know, kind of after this whole thing broke. I was just, I was like, I get it. This thing sucks and we're going to have to make some changes. But yeah, well, I, you, I'm just, I mean, you, yeah, essentially, you know, about every week. You you that you congregate about uh, ten minutes worth of real useful new information about the pandemic. So true. And everything else than that is unnecessary. There's about ten minutes of worthwhile stuff that you're like, oh, that could that, okay, cool. But my point is, Jake, that we we don't need a bunch of negative Nancys. No. Now, I don't I don't oh, need negative Nancys tell, oh, telling telling the world is ruined by the virus. It's obvious that's the Na- case. What we Nancy. need, what we need, Jake, some positive patties telling us about uh-huh. the good things that have come out. How about this? How about this? Hmm. Uh, Richard Simmons doing workouts again. Who knows yeah, if Richard we- Simmons would have ever made those videos if it weren't for coronavirus? Yes. Amen. A, a virus miracle. Or, or how about this? How about this, Jake? The Doc G Show twice a yep. week. Featuring Papa J Bones Parlor. Hypothetically, who knows if that would ever happened if it weren't for the pandemic. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Little positives. We're going to try to be positive patties. Are you ready to fire it up, Jake? Yeah, man. Let's do this thing. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Woo, Jake. Oh, man. We have got... A great band. That's right. A fantastic band out of Kentucky. Picturesque. Picturesque. Fantastic band. Their new album, Do You Feel Okay? The uh, the, the album cover is a little ominous. It's like mm-hmm. there's like a there's like a mouse trap, but it's it's like for a butterfly. And the butterfly Ooh, is like flying into the the, the mouse trap. Which oh, I'm you know. I've never seen that happen, but nope. I'm guessing the butterfly wouldn't hold up against it. You know, I'm, I'm guessing butterflies don't seem too strong. So Just true. Um, regardless, the album is doing well. Five million streams already. Already over five million streams on the album. Jeez. Uh, really solid. We're going to be talking to their lead singer Kyle Hollis and their guitarist Zach Williamson. It's gonna be good. But first. We need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Oh, yeah. Birthday suit. Hit me with that birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay, Jake. Um, so I thought I would give the listeners a break. Even though this is a musical uh, birthday suit, I'm not going to sing this Thank one. you. I'll, I'll give them ah. a break. I won't sing this one. Um, Will you sing it to me later? I can sing it to you later. Don't worry. All right. I'll give you a lullaby. Um, okay. This is... I, I gave it 98%, though. Jeez. Uh, very low chance of you not getting it. And I'll be honest, if you don't get it, I'm going to need you to retire from music. Girl, come on! So, uh, no pressure. Okay. Um, right. Fair. Born on July 26, 1943 in Dartford, England. His father and grandfather were both teachers... And wanted to, him to be one as well. However, 
in the 50s, our birthday suit wear developed a taste for rhythm and blues music. And eventually, in 1961, decided to move to London with two other teenagers, Keith Richards and Brian Jones, hmm. to pursue music. Mick in 19- Jagger. Mick Jagger is correct. Yes. Yes. Mickey yep, boy. Yep. Word. Moves yep. like Jagger. I could have just said that. Nope. You got yeah. moves like but- boom, boom. There you go. You know, um, as soon as you said the like the birthday and the year, and then you were like London, I was like, this is probably the Rolling Stones. One probably, of those guys. probably. I'm gonna. They're I'm still gonna fit. still making music, man. Still kicking it. Uh, in '62, yeah. they formed the band. Uh, they named it after uh, Muddy Waters' tune, obviously, calling themselves the Rolling Stones. Their first album was in '64. Right, the Rolling Stone, uh, Rolling Stones, England's newest hit makers. So true. At the end of the '60s, they were released their most memorable albums: "Beggar's Banquet," "Let It Bleed," "Sticky Fingers," and "Exile on Main Street." The band has released a total of 30 studio albums, with an estimated 240 million albums sold. Jeez. Our birthday suit wearer, Mr. Mick Jagger, has eight children. Eight oh, I children. Didn't know that. Yeah, okay. his last child, Devereaux Octavian Basil. Huh? Devereaux Octavian Basil Jagger. Huh? That's his name. <laughs> he was born four years ago, which uh, which is funny because Devereaux's half sister, uh, Karis, is forty six years older than him. Wow. Oh my. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Mick Jagger how, how many, spread it out, man. He spread yeah. it out. How many? It's, how many like mamas were involved in this? Five, five, five moms, five moms, uh, eight children. Yeah, yeah. But dude, yeah. like, here's the thing though. If you're if you're Mick Jagger and you're with the Rolling Stones, like normally I would be like, oh, you've been with five women and you have eight kids. Oh, that's not good. But then it's Mick Jagger, so it's just like he's Mick Jagger. Whatever. Yeah. I mean. Plus, you know, I mean, he sort of did the same thing as, as Rod Stewart. I remember a couple years ago, we had Rod Stewart as the uh, birthday suit wearer one day. So true. And, uh, yeah, very similar story with Rod. Uh, Rod has a, has a daughter that's like 50-some now or 40-some, and then he just had a kid like two years ago. Word. So, you know, apparently, if you're an English rock star... It's what you got to do. You got to have a kid when you're like 20 some and then a kid when you're like 70 some. You just got to mm-hmm. just got to spread it over your it. whole lifetime, you know? Like, I mean, good lord, think about it. Devereaux, when Devereaux is uh finishing high school, Mick Jagger's going to be like 85. Jeez. But right now he turned the big 77. 77 for Mick. Happy birthday, Mick. One of the greatest rock stars ever. So true. Ever. Yeah. Yes. I was Rocking actually, it uh, out, man. I had tickets to go see them. My professor, Dr. Beatty. We were yeah. Gonna, uh, we were going to make that trip, man. We were going to go see the Stones. And Where uh, at? They were going to be at PNC in Charlotte. Nice. And nice. We, I mean, tickets were expensive, but I was like, no doubt. It's the Stones. Like, my Gotta granddad knows about the Stones. My dad has seen the Stones. It's like. Why not have three generations yeah. say they, they have seen the stones? Yeah. And coronavirus is just one of those things <sighs> that 
Don't, don't, hey, what? hey, what? don't be a negative Nancy. Be a positive uh, Patty. You're on this show because of coronavirus, all right? Yes. Sweet. Yes. And True. you'll probably, I mean, my guess, I'm just all conjecture here, uh, Jake, but I'd say the Rolling Stones are probably going to come on as a guest. So, not are only. Are you serious? You, yeah, probably. I'm just saying. Nope. It's uh, just conjecture. Oh, man. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it could okay. It could absolutely not happen, which is most My likely the case, tingling. but Wait, I'm just what? saying. We don't know. We don't know. Dude, I just got chills. I just got chills. <laughs> Don't actually get excited for that. That's not going to happen. Nope. Uh, okay. Happy birthday to Mick Jagger. Are you ready, Jake, to rip some headlines? Hmm. The ripping and the tearing. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Woo! Woo! All right. Let's start off with a real headline here. Just the headline. This is from NPR. Are you ready? Hmm. MP- I love NPR. Let's go. Nice. As zoos caution, uh, cautiously reopen, humans are excited. Big cats seem ambivalent. Word. Okay, up until the ambivalent part, I was like, did my niece write this? <laughs> Girl, come on. Well, I mean, like, at first, I got to say, like, I, I, I get what NPR was trying to do, right? They were going for the cliché of cats don't really care but i mean if you're doing that you might as well have a title like as zoos cautiously reopen humans are excited giraffes seem long-necked word <laughs> like i mean yeah uh, cats don't care obviously obviously yeah and it's, it's almost like the writer of this headline is someone looking at earth from the outside it's like zoos reopening humans and like talking about the just I don't know. That's just kind of vibe get. It's just odd. That's Second, how, how excited are humans? I mean, no offense to zoos, but, like, what person was sitting around in quarantine saying, man, if I wasn't in quarantine, hmm. you know how much bebopping I'd be doing around a zoo right now? That's right. You don't even know. Like, I don't, eh, eh. Gotta be honest, I don't think too many folks have been doing that. I think they're more like the big cats. I think they're a little bit more ambivalent to zoos. Just my thought. Just my thought. Yeah. Uh, big Jake, cats. Next story out of Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Uh, Thomas Cook, Josephine, they've been pals for a long time. Uh, they're two older dudes, and as two older dudes, they love... To play the lottery. Sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back in 92, one time, when they were checking their lottery numbers together, they swore to each other that if either of them won the lottery, they would split it with each other. That's right. Right? Well, Don't fast, tell me. Fast forward 28 years, Tom is checking his numbers. Boom. Realizes he won $22 million. That's right. That's right. And first thing that Tom did, called up Joe and told him, guess what, buddy? We won the lottery. Now. Oh, so he he is going to go through it and, and split he, it. He came through, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Joe apparently, when he heard the news from Tom, said, quote, are you jerking my bobber? Word. To which, you know, if I was actually uh, Tom, I'd say, 
Only if I had too many beers or you paid me $20. <laughs> I'm just pulling your chain, Joe. We won the lottery. Yeah. Right? They won the lottery. $22 million. Now, when asked what they were going to do with the money, they said they didn't have any extravagant plans. Hmm. But they were going to get some traveling in. Because apparently okay. these these two guys they've gone on some cross country road trips with their wives, and they've uh, they've done this in a PT cruiser convertible. So true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, when asked about the uh, trips, they said they were thinking about upgrading their car. Wait, what? To which I said, "Whoa, whoa, Tom, Joe." I don't know if you can get any better than a PT Cruiser. So true. And a convertible at that. You're you're basically driving around in the Fiat of Chrysler's. Hmm. And can you get any better than that? I don't think so. I don't think so. Am I right? All right, Jake? Yeah, PT Cruisers. They, they look like, like uh, something straight out of a, a superhero movie. Word. Exactly. Exactly. And I did wonder... Like you were thinking yourself, I wondered if there was any hesitation for Tom. Like when yeah. he first found out he won, if he was like, you think you'll notice if I just take this money and leave Wisconsin and never call him again? You think maybe? Yeah. Maybe? Hmm. Second, I, I, I wondered if, like, if they agreed to this on all lottery winnings. Like if Tom won like a $20 scratcher, does he have to go over to Joe's and be like, hey, here's your $10? Yes! And is it like even if one of them buys more tickets than the other, does the other one have to reciprocate and buy as many tickets? You know? Just just yeah, thinking. that's true. I mean, that's a, whole con that, that's a whole deal right there, though. They'd have yeah. That, that would just be too much of a hassle. So, like, say one of them buys, you know, one every day for how long did you say they made the bet? 28 years, man. 28, 28 years. 28 years. And then the other one didn't buy a single one, didn't take yeah. any risk. Yeah, so exactly. Like, exactly. Uh, well, that's what I was thinking, Jake. I'm not I'm not a devious a-hole that would do this, hmm. but I am a devious a-hole that would think it. Word. Uh, you could basically make this deal with every single person you know that does play the lottery, banking on the Absolutely. fact that you won't actually win the lottery, right? And then you Absolutely. can increase your your chance of winning by like a hundredfold. So every person, right. you're just like, hey, man, if we, we win the lottery, I'm splitting it with you. You're splitting it with me. Now, uh, obviously, in this situation, you are in a bit of predicament if you win. So true. Uh, I think the best option would then be uh, give each one of those people $10,000 and flee the country. That would be... Yeah. You know, hopefully the $10,000 will placate them, and then you can just, you know, head to uh, Fiji, you know? Yeah. There, there well, you go. Ben, let's let's uh, let's go ahead and set a pack right here on this okay. podcast. Okay. All right. So me and you? If, me and you? Me and you. Okay. I don't, I don't ever you, I don't, play the lottery. Nope. I don't either. But. <laughs> neither say, of us will ever win. <laughs> If we ever say we have, and and going to like a casino doesn't count, like any winnings, it mm -hmm. has to be specifically lottery. So say, okay. you know, 50 years down the line, Ben wants to buy a lottery ticket just to shoot a shot. And you okay. win, we're splitting it. 
Okay, just so you know, Jake, I'm not actually coming through on this deal. Wait, what? No. So you're never, ever going to buy a lottery ticket? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. If I do, I'm going to text you right before I do and be like, hey, deal's off, Jake. Girl, come on. And then once, I, uh, then once I do the lottery ticket and I don't win, I'll be like, I was just joking, man. Deal's back on. Blam. You know, uh, I'll be a sneaky, devious a-hole like that. Uh, Jake, we're headed to Pennsylvania. Next story. Next story. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of uh, therapy animals before. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I see therapy puppies a lot. You know, mm-hmm. in their little in their little vest. That's a fact. Partying around. And I mean, they're pretty cute, but it's got nothing on the cuteness of a donkey. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? A donkey. True. Woo! That's that's what Margaret McCarty of Brockport, Pennsylvania, that's what she thought four years ago hmm. when uh, she got a donkey and made it a therapy animal, started saving lives with that donkey. That's right. That is right. So apparently, um, McCarty said, for some reason, the Holy Spirit was on me about a donkey and I went to my husband and said I'd like to have a donkey word I I gotta wonder why the Holy Spirit is telling you to buy a donkey felt like she didn't need to add that in there no no it really made it seem a little uh, bizarre but nonetheless she found a donkey Uh, she found a six month uh, old donkey for sale and McCarty in the article said, quote, naturally I called and it was already gone. Word. End quote. Which I got to ask, why would it be naturally? <laughs> like <laughs> I was saying why, the same thing. Why? Because uh, donkeys obviously were so hot in the streets naturally. in 2016. Naturally, it was already off the market. Um, anyways. But what would be would unnatural? Ha- hmm. Unnatural. Unnatural would be the Holy Spirit telling you to get a donkey. <laughs> um, so true. Anyways, uh, as luck would have it, Jake, McCarty found another donkey. She found a donkey at the nonprofit organization called Heavenly Hee Haw Therapy. That's right. And the donkey's name was Junebug. Oh. Yeah. Okay. She star- I like that she name. Star- so yeah, true. nice. I liked it too. Junebug was real cute. I was like, nah, that's a cute name for donkey or really any type of animal. I'll take Junebug anything. Um, she started taking Junebug to nursing homes. And she said she remembers the first time she took Junebug to a nursing home. Uh, there was a man sitting all by himself. Looked completely defeated by life. But she, she brought over Junebug. He couldn't stop smiling. Couldn't stop petting Junebug. And uh, she said it's those little things, those little changes we we make, long-lasting effect on someone. Long-lasting. That's a fact. Uh, Jake, first, I'm going to say that Junebug better act like the donkey off of Shrek. That's a fact. If she does not yeah, act like that donkey, I'm going to be highly disappointed. If Junebug doesn't sound like Eddie Murphy and talk about onions, I'm going to be upset. That's all I'm saying. That's how I expect my donkeys to act. Uh, Second, I'm not going to argue with McCarty and say that uh, a donkey isn't a good therapy animal. I'm just saying, 
If you if you want to see that nursing home go wild, get a lemur. Mm-hmm. You, you you get a lemur up in that piece, turn that mother inside out. Say what? That's what it'll do. You watch that lemur eat some grapes. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. They will have a time. They will have a time at that retirement center. Uh okay. Jake going to go to uh going to go to the UK for our next story. UK. This is an odd one, Jake. This is a weird one. Uh so Jake, most parents they're usually looking for unique names these days, am I right? Yeah. Yeah, today, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they want a name, and I get it. They want a name uh, that that people will remember. Yes! You know? Um, new parents Mandy and Dan Sheldon in Derbyshire, England, uh, they wanted to find a unique name. And uh, they thought... They had a pretty good one. Hmm. But for some reason, uh, when they went to the local uh, council office, the council office, they didn't want to officially register their baby's name. Hmm. When they when, when the couple told uh, the lady at the office the name they had chosen, she looked back at them disgusted. Word. And she told them that their baby would uh, never be able to get a job. The teachers wouldn't want to teach him. And uh, most likely, uh, he wouldn't succeed in life. Jeez. Now, at this point in time, I should tell you, uh, Jake, that they wanted to call their kid Lucifer. Wait, what? Oh, no. Yeah. Bad idea. (laughs) They wanted, and they did, by the way, update. They got it officially registered. Their kid is Lucifer Sheldon. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Now, now got, apparently, now apparently, after telling them these things, uh, the the people of the office told them these things. The couple, uh, they were undeterred. Right? They were like, "Oh, oh no, don't worry about it." Uh, me and my wife, we're not really religious people. And in Greek, uh, Lucifer means light bringer. Word. But not surprisingly, the folks at the registry were like, uh, "Yeah." We don't want your kid named Lucifer, right? But they forced it. So, first off, Jake, if in 18 years or so, the apocalypse starts in England uh, and Lucifer Sheldon is leading it, blame Dan and Mandy for that one. Yes! That's that's their fault. Like, they're stating that they're not religious people, but, like, you have to... I mean, you're going to be having to explain that name for the rest exactly. of that kid's life. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I mean, it's it, like you said, it's completely fine Dan and Mandy aren't religious. So true. That's fine. I have no problem with it. But it baffles me a little bit that they were undeterred. Like, yeah. for 2,000 years, this name has been synonymous with the keeper of evil and the manager of Jeez. And you're told this and you're like, cool, sign us up. Put that one down. That's what we want. Like, uh, let me give you a for instance of why that's weird, Jake. Um, Let's say I have a baby to name. Found a baby, picked it up on the side of the road, and I'm like, let's name this baby. Right? And uh, I hear a pretty word in Russian. And I'm like, oh, that sounds really pretty. I want to call my baby that because it sounds so nice. 
Then, while talking to a, a Russian friend I have, I tell them my proposed baby's name. And they're like, oh, in Russian, that means goat f Wait, what? <laughs> um, even though I don't speak Russian, Jake, I'm probably not going to name my baby goat f It's just something that I, I uh, wouldn't want to put on my baby, you know? Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Just be you, conservative with the name. Like, I just don't want to... I don't want to have, like, my child be... Lucifer? Back, just simply... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so true. I mean, if you tell me that two and a half billion people on the planet are going to recognize ba my baby as uh, all that is evil and the bringer of darkness, hmm. I'm, I'm probably not going to name him that, you know? Nope. Probably just, you know, choose another... I like... Uh, here. Here's a compromise to the Sheldon family. How about Lucius? Hmm? Or, or Luke... Lucius still derives from the Latin word lux, meaning light. So you still have the light bringer in there. And then there's the whole bonus uh, that it doesn't have the whole negative connotation about being associated with Satan. That's a fact. So there's that. You know? I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, just, I imagine your IQ is probably a little higher than theirs. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe Dan and, and, and uh, Mandy are extremely intelligent people, just really bad with public relations. So true. I don't know. I don't know. I want. Uh, yeah. Jake, we're going to check up on this story. Che check, check, check. We're going to check. On yeah, in about in a, like couple years to see if he still has that name, or to see if like <laughs> Russia is just. It's sort of it's sort of like John and Cash, you know, a uh, boy named Sue. That's a fact. You know gonna call oh, him something song. anything anything else than sue uh jake we're gonna take a break we are gonna hear from picturesque we will be right back here on the doc g show
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKR, hmm. LP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Yes! Now, uh, I need to remind everyone out there, check out the podcast. That's a fact. It's always a good thing to do. You can check it out on any uh, platform, really. Uh, as I always say, the best two that I enjoy are would be SoundCloud and Apple, but feel free to, to you know, Use whatever platform. Tune in if you want. Mirror is fine. Spreaker is fine. They're all good. We're there. Uh, but, yeah, give us a listen. Give us a follow. It'd be nice. We'd appreciate it. You Do can it. always check out things on the website, www.docgshow.com or www.thedocgshow.com. We got them both. And you can follow us on uh, Instagram at docgshow. Uh, Jake. I didn't know where else to put this story, so uh, I've started putting them uh, here Mm. after our first musical break, uh, these types of stories. But uh, I I needed to mention this. Uh, It's very arbitrary and very strange. Um, So the name of this friend will go go unmentioned. But uh, I was flipping through the old Snapchat the other day, right? And uh, one, one of my friends... She just had a baby, like had a baby, right? Oh. And she uh, she's literally been taking Snapchats in the hospital, you know, little updates and whatnot. Word. And uh, like she just had the kid, and she's snapping already. Yeah, she's all about it. No breaks, man. Gotta. Uh, I mean, if it if it's not put up on the social medias, did it really happen? Nope. No. The answer is no, Jake. Nope. Um. So she's taking these pictures and everything, right? And uh, she took some pictures of her husband with the baby, which is nice, right? But I, yes, I noticed lovely. something that was a little odd, because in the first picture she posted, he was sitting back on one of the hospital beds, and he was he's wearing a, a button-up shirt that was like almost like a you know like a Hawaiian shirt almost, but it was unbuttoned all the way, hmm. and and there was no shirt underneath, huh? Like. He was just free chesting it in the hospital, just wide open, right? And it was one of those things that I was like, well, that's weird. I guess maybe it just caught him somewhere like he was doing something or changing shirts or something and picked the, who knows? But then like an hour and a half later, she posted another picture that was obviously in real time and he still got his shirt undone. Wait, what? And I was like, "What's, what's going on? Like, I cared about this, but not enough to actually bother her and be like, hey, why is your husband got a shirt unbuttoned? Like, I, you know, I didn't, you know, it's not that important, but like, it was just one of those things that I was like, did he walk into the hospital and like, this place is too hot for buttons. Jeez. Just ripped his shirt off or was she in the middle of labor and he just ripped it undone? Was like, oh, come out, baby. Like. And you said he had a Hawaiian shirt on too. Well, it was like it was a button a button up shirt, but it was just completely unbuttoned. It was like in the styling of a uh, Hawaiian shirt, and oh uh, okay. And it was just I was compl- gonna say that'd be better. Yeah, and, well, and then way better. I was just like I didn't know. I was like, did you read in like GQ that the sexiest and manliest way to hold a baby is with an unbuttoned shirt? Hmm. Like why? Why are you this way? But. 
I haven't seen it again. So I just had to tell somebody, and I thought you and the listeners would be the best people to tell. Word. So, anyways, there you go, Jake. That's for you. There you go. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of our listeners, we need to give some shout outs. Shout so out. let me give a rundown of the regulars, all the people that we thank dearly for being regular, dedicated listeners of the show. Yes. Here we go. Jacksonville, Florida, shout out to all of Duval County. We appreciate it. Shout Columbia, out. South Carolina, shout out to the capital city. Shout Gainesville, out. Florida, shout out to the Gators. Radford, shout Virginia, out. shout out to the Highlanders. Shout Dublin, out. Ireland, the 01. Boardman, Oregon, our West Coast connection. There it is. Charlotte, North Carolina, the Queen City, representing shout NC. Out. Charleston, South Carolina, representing SC. Shout Barcelona, out. Spain, another one of our international listeners. We thank you very much. Ashburn, Virginia. Virginia in the Commonwealth, Roanoke, Virginia, the Star City, Kenner, Louisiana in the heart of New Orleans, Madison, Tennessee, right beside Nashville, Mountain View, California, our original West Coast connection, London, the United Kingdom, all of the areas around London, Orlando, Florida in the center of our state, Peoria, Illinois, Genoa, Italy in the boot, Brighton, United Kingdom, Bristol, Virginia, the first country music capital, and Moscow, Russia, and lastly, the the newest edition, Fisherville, Virginia. Boom. It's all the regulars, Jake. Word. There you go. Yeah. Whew. Whew. I'm a little out of breath there. That was yes. lightheaded. It went a little yeah, bit. Yeah, man, you're getting good. Trying trying to, to spit it like a hot MC, you know? Word. Just get it wow. out there how many, fast. Have you? How many times have you practiced that? None. That was zero. That was that was first, Dang, first take. Yeah. I'm sort of like Jay-Z. That was juicy. I'm hot with the lyrics. Nope. Hot. Nope. Uh, okay. Semi-regulars. Here we go. Uh, Durham, North Carolina. Home of Duke. Shout out to them. San Jose, California. Home of Matt Stoney. Former guest of the show. Shout out to you guys. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Shout out to Hot Atlanta. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Shout out to you guys. Union City, Tennessee. Shout out to Big Smo and everybody in Union City. There we go. Uh, Clinton, South Carolina. Used to work there back in the day in Clinton. Good times. Um... Asheville, North Carolina. No doubt some Town Mountain fans there listening to the show. Thank you guys for semi-regularly listening to the show. Okay, Jake. Two newcomers. Are you ready? Hmm. Hit me. Okay. We've got two Nor'easters this time in the northeastern area there. First on the list, Pleasantville, New Jersey. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Pleasantville, right? I wonder if it, that's our friend, our friend Craig up there. Uh, you know, I don't think he's near Pleasantville. I think he's a little bit off of Pleasantville. Pleasantville is uh, right off the coast of uh, Atlantic City. Like you got to go through mm. Pleasantville to get to Atlantic City. Now I've done some digging, Jake, mm. and if I'm hitting up Pleasantville for food, got two places that I found. I got to hit up. Um, one, JJ's Diner. JJ's Diner or two Carluccio's coal fired pizza. Both of them. Oh, yeah. Both of them sound like New Jersey staples right there. I mean, Diner Foods, Italian. Those two, boom. Yeah. Good places. They were highly ranked on Yelp. Highly ranked. That's right. Very excited about both of them. If I go to Pleasantville, one of those is going down. At least one, I can tell you. So true. We're going in there. And we're eating all the food that they have. Jeez. We're shutting them down. We're eating that much food. 
They will then be millionaires, and we will be completely full, Jake. That's what will happen. That sounds so good. Yeah. All right. You ready for the next Nor'easter? This would be... Uh, oh. Let's do it. Okay, good. I was worried there for a second that you weren't ready for it. Uh, Southbridge, Massachusetts. Wait, what? There we go. Southbridge. Yes. Ben, how are you saying... How are you... You, you did this last week. I never said anything, but how do you, how are you saying Massachusetts? Massachusetts. Oh, I thought you said Massachusetts. Every now and then I get a little stumbled on the C-H, you know? <laughs> every now and then it comes out like a shoe instead of chew, you know? So every now and then it comes out with a Massachusetts, you know? You get, you get clogged up there in the middle. Word. I didn't practice that either, so... You know, Lame. before I say it next time, I'll practice a couple times. Make sure I get the Massachusetts yeah. for you. I always forget. I always forget that that's even a state. What? I know that sounds horrible, but well, you have been to four, so you know. Yeah, we'll we'll knock off Massachusetts for you, so that you will have been to more states than four. You'll get there. I would. Don't worry. I would love to go up there. Well, Southbridge is right beside Connecticut. We're literally on the line of Connecticut. Um, and apparently, had no idea about this, Southbridge, uh, surprising, a quarter of their population, Hispanic, uh, Hispanic uh, origins. They've got, a, they've got a quarter Hispanic population in Southbridge out of all that the places. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. That is pretty surprising, um, considering the general population that is up there. You know? Well, and just considering the fact that they're just right in the middle of uh, of Massachusetts. Like, they're not, like, you know, they're not a border state. They're a bo like, they're not El Paso. Like, in El Paso, you're like, yeah, of mm -hmm. course, they're right beside Mexico. You have a lot of people come into the state. Or like San Diego, you know, or like uh, Florida. But, like, Massachusetts... In the middle of it, too. Not like somewhere close. No, just, just, I guess it's just a great place. I've never been. I'd like to go to Southbridge. So true. There you go. There you go. Thank you both to Southbridge and Pleasantville for listening. And thank you to all the other listeners. We appreciate it. Jake, we've got uh, two leftover stories. Two leftovers here. All right. Now, first, uh, this first one, Jake, I, it's a little upsetting. I'm not going to lie. Word. Uh, apparently, there's a dude beauty pageant called Mr. Global, and I wasn't invited. What? What? Called Mr. What? Global. Mr. Global. If you win, you are Mr. Global. Yeah. It's a beauty pageant for dudes. It's on its sixth year. Word. And uh, as their homepage uh, states, Jake... The pageant encourages every man to be their personal best, self-assured, and to personify the organization's goals of having handsomeness, attitude, and intelligence. Hmm. Now, be honest with yourself, Jake. When I was just describing Mr. Global right there, were you not thinking, wow, is that a description of Ben Gordon or what? Nope. Like, right? Nope. Right? Yeah. I, I was like, yeah, I, I fit none of those, but Ben's got this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I wasn't, I, not even, not even the contestant for America. Unbelievable. Girl, come on. Unbelievable, Jake. I'm a little upset. Now, last year's winner, 2019, uh, was Mr. Jong Woo Kim from Korea. And I got to say, 
He's a tasty dish. That's a fact. He's a good-looking dude. Quite. He's a tasty dish. Uh, quite an attractive man. A little bit of man candy there. I've got some competition, but you know what? I clean up good, Jake. All right? Nope. I clean up good. Nope. You get me out there on the stage, my goodness, I will do my turn on the catwalk. You don't even know. You don't even know. Now, Jake, it hasn't been announced whether there's going to be a Mr. Global 2020 oh. uh, because of the pandemic. But if they do have one, I better get an invitation. That's all I'm saying. Yes! Yeah. I, I, so, if you were to compete, if you were to compete, yeah. what would your special talent be? Hmm. Probably pole dancing. Ew. You know? Really? I mean, I'm just, I'm okay. I'm smooth on the pole. What can I say? Ew. I look good. Why have I, hmm. I, why, why, why is this the first time I'm hearing it's this? It's only exercise purposes, my friend. Only exercise, and it's personal. Work. You know? It's one of those things that makes me feel good about myself. A self-esteem booster, if you will. You know? That's all I'm going to say. Either you would win. Yeah, thank you. If you did that, thank you. Uh, so true. It is last year's Mr. Global was hosted its finale in Bangkok. So there you go. There you go. Um, Jake, this last story, uh, not a surprising story for the Times. This past week, another video of another lady going bananas because she was told to wear a mask. And she would not be served if she wasn't wearing a mask. Hmm. I don't know if you saw this one, Jake. Karen. This was in Panera. and uh, I didn't see that one. Apparently, since people are fans of alliterations, uh, she was dubbed Panera Patty. That was... But we're positive patties on this show, not Panera Patty. So true. Don't get it twisted, Jake. Don't get it twisted. Nope. So this lady walked into Panera without a mask. Uh, the employee tells her she needs a mask to comply with their policy. She refuses. Then the employees give her a mask, right? They're like, we've got plenty of masks. Here's one. Yeah. She still refuses to comply. She just she just holds on to the mask and doesn't do anything with it. Then, in a move that seems to be getting really common uh, with these folks that like to buck the mask rule... She started filming the employees Word. and asking them, so you're not going to serve me because I'm not wearing a mask. Which, like, I, who are you going to show that to? Like, yeah. who, who? I don't know. Then she She's turns fishing. to a patron beside her that's also waiting to be served. And she said, uh, the patron tells her, just wear a mask. And she says... You think a mask is going to protect you? You fart out your You can smell it out of your And then turns back around. Word. What? <laughs> not wrong, but like... What? <laughs> it's, it, it, it's at this point, Jake, that I would like to remind the listeners, and hopefully none of you actually need to be reminded of this, uh, farts do not carry disease, listeners. Nope. They don't. In fact, they're just a mix of gases, <laughs> mainly methane, carbon dioxide, ammonia, and hydrogen sulfides. So, so, so no, no pathogens so, hang out in farts. Zero pathogens so, hang out. Um, and since they're, oh they're tiny gas molecules, they can squeeze through all kinds of barriers. 
like clothes. That's a fact. So, fart on a, a person all you want, it's not going to give them coronavirus. Nope. Um, it may make them nauseous, but it's not going to give them coronavirus. Nope. On the other hand, Jake, your mouth has the ability to spread all kinds of disease, including coronavirus. That's a fact. In addition, Panera is a private business, and they have a right to refuse services to anyone as long as it does not discriminate based on race, religion, national origin, sexual orientation, or disability. So true. You don't like their rule? Go ahead and protest it, but protest it outside of their store. You have that right as an American, but you walk into their restaurant, put a mask over your face, you grossly incompetent woman. Okay? Jesus. I mean, uh, really. Ben, that, that is the juiciest story that has ever been on this show. Thank you. The I'm just I'm just I'm just imagining the do, the other patron's face whenever <laughs> she turns. How does she respond to that? How does he respond to that? Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, that's where it comes out of. What is she talking about? I don't understand. So weird. Yeah, there you go, Jake. There you go. Okay, are you ready for the second birthday suit? Let's do it. Okay, so um, this one, not as uh, famous as the first one, at least for you. Hmm. I think you've got it. I definitely know you've seen some of her movies, so I'm pretty confident. I gave it an 88%. 88%. Okay, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, born on July 26, 1964 in Arlington, Virginia. She, however, was raised mainly in Nuremberg, Germany because her mother was an opera singer from Germany. Word. And so for 12 years of her childhood... Our birthday suit wear was raised in Germany and grew up speaking German. Hmm. She came back to the States for high school and participated in many school theater productions. She then went to East Carolina College and received a bachelor's in drama in 1987. Right afterwards, she moved to New York, where she played in several small parts in movies and theater jobs. But then her breakout role was in 1993 in Demolition Man. In 1994, she went on to play in Speed with Keanu Reeves. Hmm. In 2000, she starred in Miss Congeniality. And in 2009, she starred in Ryan, uh, with Ryan Reynolds in The Proposal. In 2013, she starred in The Heat with Melissa McCartney. And most recently, she was in an extremely popular Netflix movie, Bird Box. Hmm. Name that birthday suit. Yeah, wear. dude. I, I know it. Um, what's her name? Um, just give me a second. Okay. I know it. Okay. Just don't tell me. Don't tell me. She is also okay. in The Blind Side. Does that help any? The Blind Side. Um. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I know her. All right, don't be upset with me. Can I give? I'm sorry, but it's gonna. Can I give you initials? It's come. It's coming to me. It's her name is. Uh, I'm getting her confused with Julia Roberts, and Julia Roberts, I can't get that out of my head. Well, it's funny because actually, when I was writing this, that's what it said uh, on one of the websites when I was writing it was that uh, a lot of people were reminded of Julia Roberts when she first started in acting. So there you go, boom. San San Sandra Bullock. Ah, Sandra there it Bullock. is. There it is. Yeah, yeah Sandra Bullock. Sandra? Yeah. I don't know. I, what do you think? Does she prefer Sandra or Sandra? Sandra? Well, Sandra? 
when you threw the German thing in there, I was like, maybe it's Sandra. I don't, I don't know. know. She, yeah, but she apparently, I think she still speaks German. She can still speak fluent German. And I, she actually, uh, she actually applied for uh, a co uh, uh, citizenship back in like I forget, like 2008 or something like that. I don't know if she ever went through with it, but she applied. So there you go. Yeah, Sandra Bullock turning the big 56. Wow, five six for Sandra Bullock, looking amazing for five six. Yes! Five six, bro. She's still fine. Yeah, uh, well, she. I mean, you know, she's an attractive lady. But I'm gonna tell you, Jake, she's dated some good-looking dudes. Word. I didn't know. Like, she dated. Uh, apparently, this was back in the day, she dated, dated Troy Eggman, the the quarterback for Dallas really? Cowboys. Yeah, she dated Troy Eggman. She also dated Matthew McConaughey. Say what? All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. And Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. I mean, talk about a lineup. Like, she's got a lineup right there. Yeah. Now. Well, she's got to be older than Ryan Gosling. Yeah, she is. She is. Apparently, Ryan Gosling's into the the older uh, ladies, though. Because right now, I had no idea. Did you know he's been going out with Eva Mendez for nine years? Say what? Ooh, yeah. good call there, bro. Yeah, he's been going out with Eva Mendez for nine years. And Eva Mendez is seven years older than him. Uh, well, that's that's understandable, you know. But like, Sandra Bullock's like uh, seventeen years older than him. Crazy. They met. Let's see, Ryan Gosling and Eva Mendez. They met. They did that movie called uh, The Place Beyond the Pines. Okay, I don't know if you ever saw it? I didn't. But it was a amazing film, dude. No, he, he plays like this tatted up, um, like uh, stunt man. What a he rebel! Does, like evil Knievel stunts and. He has a child, and he's trying to um, make a better life for the child. Mm. It's you got to see it, man. It's a it's a heartstrings flick, huh? Does it pull at your heartstrings? Yeah. Is that it? Oh my gosh! Mm. Oh, well, yeah. it brought them together for nine years, apparently. But we got sidetracked because this isn't about Ryan Gosling nope. and Eva Mendez. This is about none other than Sandra Sandra Bullock. All right, that's right. Turning the big five six. Happy birthday, Sandra Sandra. Happy birthday. Yes. Jake, we are going to take a break. We will be right back with Zach and Kyle from Picturesque right here on the Doc G Show. Ooh, yeah. Hey, what's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And it's Rock and Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904, the best show on the radio. You dig? Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are joined by singer Kyle Hollis and guitarist Zach Williamson of Picture S. Fellas, how's it going today? Yeah, going on. All right, doing all well, right, doing well. good, good. Um, obviously, biggest news of the pandemic for Picture S is uh, you guys released your second full-length album. Do you feel okay? Yes. Uh, fantastic. Yeah, per perfect timing. <laughs> well, fantastic reception so far. I mean, all in all, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that album obviously uh, here in a little bit. But first, I I I, uh, I also saw you guys just finish the video premiere of uh, "Holding Me Down" with a question and answer session. How did that go? 
Uh, it went really well, actually. Um, we did it through uh, Soundwing Live. They, uh, and uh, we didn't know what to expect. You know, I did like a little uh, preview call with them. Yeah. Uh, just to get familiarized with the platform. But uh, that's a really good operation that they've got going on there. Nice. Uh, it was one of, for sure, our best uh, Q&As. Yeah, we usually have a lot of trouble staying on topic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was really good. Uh, and it was a good. It was. Uh, we got our uh, analytics back today, and it was. It was uh, probably one of our more successful Q and A sessions, and uh, one of the most fun for sure. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I also noticed you guys had a, a fan art contest uh, about um, two months ago for the new album, and I got to say the the winner, Lena. I, I went and looked at some of her other stuff. I mean, the butterfly she did for your art contest was pretty impressive. Yes! And then I went back and I looked at her Instagram. Man, she's got some crazy talent for string art. That was impressive, man. Did you guys check out yeah, her other man. stuff? Uh, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, we checked out everybody. I mean, we got some crazy stuff on that, man. We got um, We got makeup color palettes. We had, like... Uh, we had like 3D uh, imagery. We had people uh, watercolor, pencil drawn stuff. Like, man, the the fan art actually uh, wasn't our idea. Yeah. Um, and it ended up being super sick. We yeah. somebody was like, "Hey, have you guys ever thought about doing a fan art?" We're like, "Sure, let's run one. Like, it'll be fun to interact with you know our uh, the people that listen to our music and stuff like that." For sure. And uh, yeah, every, everybody fell in love with the string art, man. Uh, Dylan. I think Dylan and Kyle are the ones that like put their foot down and were like, nah, the string art's the winner for sure. <laughs> it was it was pretty yeah, cool. And I went back and I looked at some of those. She did a she did a car. That was the one that I was most impressed by of her string art. Like it was just crazy. I didn't know you could get that realistic and that, you know, cool with string art. Like it was impressive, man. Uh, yeah, she has more talent than us. <laughs> uh well, in 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 visual art. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think yeah. she beat you yeah. in music. I'm pretty sure she's not that talented, or at least I haven't heard her music. Um, Kyle, I've also heard that you've been interacting with uh, some fans, getting some getting some time in on Twitch, uh, Call of Duty. How, how's the gaming been going since the pandemic started? Um, I'm still trash. But, uh, <laughs> dude, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, like, Because the thing is, some of these people, like, I'm really bad with keeping up with social media and stuff. And there's a few of my guys that like every time they come out to a show, I look forward to seeing them and like hanging out and stuff. But nice. then I'm just kind of like, I go home and just go about my business. But, uh, some of those dudes like that I've wanted to keep in touch with don't even have like social media and stuff. And so now, um, like we're on, I think we run literally every night together. Nice. Uh, we've got like probably eight dudes that like cypher in and out and, it's it's fun uh got the starting blast. lineup man i like it yeah for real though but uh now we've got enough people to start doing like custom games to where we don't even have to have like people outside of our little friend group play, yeah. which is pretty fun because uh it gets pretty wild but it's, but it's a lot of fun they're, nice, uh, man. they're all good dudes and so nice. i think that's the best thing from it i haven't streamed in a in a minute but i guess i need to get back to doing that actually <laughs> Zach, do you do any gaming, or what would have uh, been keeping your time going during the pandemic? So, um, yeah, actually, weirdly enough, I have. It's it's hilarious because I uh, I don't really game. I, like I'm I'm a busy person. I do like I'm remodeling a house wow. uh, that my wife and I bought and all that 
you know, I do a lot of like really boring adult stuff oh. usually through the day, but um, like uh, I picked up, we got this RV and we started touring this RV. Yeah. And, um, and by having the RV, I had access to uh, like a PlayStation on tour and I picked up the, the game Rocket League. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just like this car soccer game. Yeah. And um, it's it's got insanely high skill ceiling. So you yeah. can just like get infinitely good at it. I don't know. I've been really <laughs> addicted to that. And um, since I've had more time, you know, like uh, with the pandemic and all, we've uh, we've been playing Yu-Gi-Oh again. We used to play yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh competitively. Go ahead and say it while I'm sleeving cards in this interview. Yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're all back on the the Yu-Gi-Oh hustle. We played nice. competitively when the band first started. Man. And so, uh, for a guy who literally never plays games, I've been playing. Probably the I've been doing the most amount of gaming at any point in my life. Hey, hey, um, it's a good time for it, man. That's good. So true. Get it I mean, in. I have lots of things I could be doing. <laughs> but, <laughs> ah, it's better to have fun, know? man. It's better to play games. It's fun. Yes! So let, let's take the listeners back um, where you guys started music. I, I know a little bit of where Kyle started uh, singing, but Zach, what, what first got you playing guitar, man? Man, um... Wow. Um, so I think my story is probably pretty similar to anybody else. Um, I, uh, to start the story, you have to understand my motivation for music. I love hanging out with my friends. Yeah. And so any excuse to be a part of like a community, uh, or anything like that is like literally why I do it. Yeah. And I had a group of friends. They were like, you know, we were like 12, 13. They're like, we're all going to learn instruments and start a band. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were like, everybody for Christmas, like ask for an, a musical <laughs> instrument and we're going to, we're going to like play music. And Sweet. I was the only one that followed through. <laughs> and so like, like six months later, I'm like, Hey, you guys ready to do some like rush covers and like Leonard Skinner. <laughs> and uh, I had like all these covers I learned and everybody's like, Oh yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> Uh, Somebody could have gave you the memo. So, Jeez, come on. Yeah, yeah, they tried. Uh, <laughs> nobody else stuck to it. And um, yeah, I, I ended up starting a venue. I mean, obviously, at that point, I was uh, just completely like obsessed with it. I started a venue uh, in my hometown to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on the Main Street uh, Chamber of Commerce, and I just wanted to like give uh, people in my hometown uh, a place to go and watch music with no bar. It was just bands. There was no alcohol. Yeah. And um, that's where I met the rest of the guys. And uh, I always said, like, I was way too smart to tour, and touring was a waste of time and money. And it would take, like, the perfect group of guys that come along. And uh, I was like, it'll never happen. And then... I ran into the perfect group of guys, and then oh. I ended up meeting all those words about four or five years. Nice, nice. Well, take it. Blush over here. St- st- starting that that perfect group of guys, uh, Kyle. You, you, it sort of started with a, a talent show performance. Yes. Down, downfall of us all. Right. Uh, talent what? show for the... This dude is way too prepared, Whoa. bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, that way too prepared. So, so uh, I don't, I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was, uh, that was whenever I got to, uh, 
the first like play something with uh, Dylan and Jordan. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, how did I, that? I guess you could say that. How did that? How did that come about? Like, did they talk you into it? Were you playing other instruments, or, or did they just say, "Hey, sing this for us"? How's this? You know, how's this gonna work out? Dude, I don't really remember to be honest. Uh, I think they approached me mm-hmm. about it because they wanted to do the talent show or something. Mm-hmm. And they uh, our Kyle for a while. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I think our choir teacher told them that uh, they should do something in a talent show with me. I think that's what it was. I think nice. uh, Miss Green, which I think now Miss Johnson is her name, but anyway, uh, convinced them for uh, to do that. Yeah, but it was uh, before that I played in some like metal bands and stuff. So I was like the only dude in our high school with like a, an experience of actually playing in a band outside of you know a talent show so yeah it was uh, a little different how the f*** you find out about that (laughs) i do my research man i I do my research uh what's that dude that like in like hip-hop that does all the research and brings up all the like from way back oh charlemagne no 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 no, no. he's got a beret and curly hair yeah he's goofy as fucking oh no gonna be live. Or <laughs> so I'm a lot. Yeah, you're good. It, it man. looks like uh, it looks like Weird Al Yankovic or something. Oh man, I don't even know. Yeah, I, know. I, I know who you're talking about. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. have gonna have to look it up. But yeah, I do my research, man. So, uh, like like you were saying earlier, actually, Zach came in after that. So you guys start another band. Zach comes in. He tells you that he's got a venue. And then Zach has to move to Houston. Jeez. And the whole band moves to Houston. And and that's that's sort of when you guys came into picturesque. Uh, when you look back at those Houston days and starting the band, what was the idea then? Uh, there was a lot of ideas. There was, <laughs> uh, there was uh, a general... So, to understand the dynamic, you have to understand that, like, Kyle had been in a band and he had kind of like ran things. He had been like the guy with all the experience in a few projects. Mm-hmm. And Dylan had started a different band when Kyle went to Lexington and started. Kyle went to Lexington and uh, got in this season's color. And then Dylan was writing, was the primary writer for a different project. Mm-hmm. And um, so when the band assembled, we had a bunch of guys that had like kind of ran things yeah. in their respective groups. Yeah. So we had a lot of like a lot of ideas and a lot of direction pull in the beginning but what happened i think is just or, like what had to happen which was just organic um at the end of the day we wrote like the only thing we knew how to write yeah and uh kyle uh had convinced everybody we had to go to a producer mm-hmm. and I, I wanted to go like the independent route and kyle wanted to go like the producer label route yeah and uh, he talked us into sending an email to Chris Crummett, who immediately accepted. Um, and we were like, oh, wow, that was like our long shot. And he like got back to us. Yeah. And Kyle said, well, there's this other guy named Eric Ron. And um, we sent an email to his manager. And his manager was partners with our manager. Uh, our manager overheard. Uh, we didn't have a manager at all at the time, uh, I should say. Uh, but Billy, our manager, heard it in the office and said, like, wait a minute. What is that? I got to get involved. Uh, so Stalked us on, on Facebook and social media and, like, literally called Kyle out of the blue one day and was like, we need to work together. I can make this a thing. Mm. Nice. 
Nice. Yeah. And it became a thing. Yeah, it became a thing. A, a whole a whole thing. A six-year <laughs> thing. <laughs> I like it. I like it, man. Well, speaking of Houston, I, I love asking about food on the show. And I've heard a couple of times you guys in interviews shout out Bombay Pizza. And I had to I had to look into this Bombay pizza. Yes! And it's an Ita- Indian Italian pizzeria. And I was immediately intrigued. And I've got to ask you, what's your favorite thing at Bombay Pizza? What's the best thing to get? Bombay Ranch, baby. Bombay that's, Ranch. That's, that's all you need. That's all you need. Now is the it- slum dog is also great. It's a close second. Mm. Yeah, that's just a bunch of meat on a pizza though. It's not like <laughs> as unique. Dude, it has it has a really great salty like flavor profile like there's a lot of depth there it looks like dude it's the sluttiest food um (laughs) but it's it's so good man it's so just nice now what's the what's the bombay ranch what's going on with that oh you want to take them through it all right so picture (laughs) you're in a room with nick jonas what (laughs) and nick jonas says that he has the best pizza in the world. Now you trust Nick Jones. Of course. And he brings out this thing. He's like, it's this wonderful halfway ranchy. I don't even know what the sauce is, dude. But so it, it's like it's like Texas as well. There's like dude, there's like peppers on it. There's chicken. It's drizzled with there's peppers spice. on it. There's no peppers on the ranch. Uh, I got the peppers in it. It's like this it's like this hot ranch. It's like this it's almost like a Southwest ranch, but it's it's got its own like twist. It's got a little uh, Indian flavor it, to it. There's uh, sriracha. Yeah. There's um, yeah, blended cheeses. I mean, honestly, man, it's one of those. It's just its own thing. I don't know. Like they have some sort of wizardry in it. Like keep naked eye, it looks like a bar pizza. Mm. But it's like, and the the crust is like almost like non. It's like non bread. It's like really thin. Yeah. Yeah. Really thin, like crust. It, it, it's man, it eats way different than a normal pizza. Well, um, even though it's a lot of the same ingredients, like when you when you experience it, when you're like touching it, uh, there's like I don't know. I think there's like sesame seed in it as well. It's like its own thing for sure. Well, you guys convinced me, Slum Dog and 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 uh, and the Ranch. I'm getting both Bombay Ranch and Slum Dog. I'm going to Houston. It's getting done. It's gonna so happen. Um, Yo, dog, you can do half and half though if you want. There. Uh, oh, so. there you, there, yeah, yeah. That way, yeah. then I can taste both and I can give the analysis. Well, in in your there in you the go. in the hometown in Lexington, if I if I called you up and I was like, guys, where do I where should I eat? What would be your go to in Lexington? Lexington, Dude, there's a couple. Well, there's a couple. What's that place? The oh man, there's a. You're thinking Goodfellas. Probably. Yeah. Good, Goodfellas is like a good late night pizza, but I'm mm-hmm. really into the, like that. I think it's like artisan uh, stuff or whatever. the like handmade bullshit. Uh, but there's a place called Smashing Tomato. Mm. That's, that's like the one I was talking about. Yeah, that's my favorite. It's like that wood fire fresh awesomeness. Oh, you um, got a, like a yeah, Napoli style, huh? Right. Yeah, it's, it's like Blaze or Pieology, except like way better. Like it, it tastes tastes a little different than those like the ingredients are way nice way uh i don't know yeah it's just better nice all right i got i've got what's, my- that, what's that mexican place down there too uh i think that's in nickel technically oh yeah well that mind mm. yeah. sorry 
Mm. Okay, take the take the Mexican off. We're just going. We're just going Italian. Okay, I got. I've got my. I've got my choices now. Back to music. Now, one of the things that I love about your band is your completely different musical taste. Uh, Kyle gave us a little bit right there with Nick Jonas. He loves Nick Jonas. Uh, and I heard Zach talking about Nickelback in an interview. And like at first, I thought you guys were joking about both. And then I was like, no, I think they're actually serious. I think I think they're into these. No, and and I realized uh, just we're really into both the the variation, <laughs> you know, of of taste. And I hear Dylan; he's sort of the the metal hardcore fan of the group. He's the far end on that yeah. side. Uh, how do you guys? But his balance? favorite band is probably his favorite band is probably Laney, though. Hmm. Mm, wow. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. a guy that, he, like, loves Wage War, but his favorite band might be, you'd have to ask him, but it might be Laney. Wow. I mean, that guy jams Laney, and he loves Mitchell Timpany as well. Wow. But, I mean, yeah, he does listen to a lot of, like, Wage War and that type of thing, you know what I mean? So how do you guys gauge that? When you when you go in to record an album and you got all these different sort of, you know, inspirations coming in, how do you, do you just let it go? Whatever comes, comes? I mean, yeah, you have to. I mean, like, we let the the song do the steering usually. Like, um, it's it's you know, I would I would almost say it's a re retractive approach. Yeah. Like when we're when we're writing a song and uh, the song starts going a certain direction, we come closer to going like, oh, that sounds too much like this other band, and we'll pull back from it. Yeah, uh, far more than we go like, oh, dude, we need a Laney part. Yeah. like we might go, oh, that sounds too much like one of our influences yeah. so if anything it's like a, a retractive approach but got it honestly man like um i would say our musical influences have a far greater effect on our like driving playlist than they do our writing <laughs> like 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 depending on who's driving depends on like the vibe of the rv on the road <laughs> and you know what i mean like yeah. it, it's probably way more consequential like listening to somebody else's playlist driving down the road all day as opposed to like when we're actually in the studio doing what you know like making a record for sure for sure well kyle i heard uh you say you hadn't listened actively listened to rock music really in like the last six years or so aside from nick jonas who are you listening to the most right now would you say um well, Black just dropped a new EP. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty fire. It's uh, I think it's called Six Piece Hot. Yeah, uh, that's probably what I'm jamming the most right now. Nice. Besides, um, I'm honestly like lately though, I haven't been listening to much with vocals, and I've been listening to a lot of. Uh, it's like this station called Chilled Cow, yeah. but it's just lo-fi hip hop mm. and. That's where I've been at for the past couple months for some reason. Nice. Not really oh, deep. <laughs> it's not meant to be, but like it's just like good background music type of thing. Yeah. And I don't have to pay attention to it, but every now and then like I'll catch myself like writing melodies over it. Mm. So I was like, all right, this is actually doing some good listening to this kind of stuff. Um, you you jam so. Jack Harlow a, a lot too, right? Oh yeah, yeah, that's another one. Uh Jack Harlow's the kid that's yeah uh, that came up in Louisville and 
He was going to come on the show um, a couple months ago, but then his tour got canceled because yeah. of the coronavirus, so we missed out on him. Yeah, dude. It was a shame. Dude, everything he's put out so far is fire, and it's cool because, like, where uh, Dylan still works there, but where we where I used to work, mm-hmm. like, his friend uh, Urban used to come in and bring film, and so it was like... I got to watch that kid come up through all these roles of film that I would develop. Nice. And it was just, it was kind of cool just like seeing the journey from behind the scenes. For sure. Yeah. Uh, actually, the cover of his Gazebo record, uh, I developed the nice. photo for it and all that kind of stuff. And it was just, I don't know, just kind of interesting to watch the kid blow up. But, for sure. That's got to uh, be a cool backstory. Him. You get to see everything develop, man. Literally develop. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Literally develop. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now, now, speaking of, uh, you know, your albums, you, uh, the first full-length album you did uh, was Back to Beautiful, and pretty much all the, the lyrical content was about uh, Kyle's breakup. Uh, and uh, Kyle... Looking back now, uh, after you've made this new album that's different, different sound, different lyrical content, what do you think when you listen, when you go back and you hear a song from that album or you play a song from that album? Honestly, I haven't listened to that record since the new one dropped, so <laughs> I'm not really sure. Yeah. Uh, and we haven't played it since then. Probably, yeah. Fatigue. Like, like the songs still mean something yeah. to us, but, or to me, yeah. but it's just... Like, I'm not in that headspace anymore, so it doesn't affect me as much as it used to. For sure. Like, at some point, you've got to grow, move on, and all that. And yeah. I think the, the new record kind of shows that. Nice. Um, well, at, at least the attempt at it. Yeah. So, now, yeah. another big change after that first album, uh, Jade's came into the band. Uh, playing drums for you guys. Been about the past two years or so. He got to be the official drummer this past fall. How has he fit in as part of the group? I mean, he looks like a pretty phenomenal drummer. How's he been doing? I literally was just with him when the interview started. Uh, he and I own a paint company together. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, More he, adult he fits stuff. in. He fits in. Yeah, yeah, boring stuff. But yeah, no, he, <laughs> he fits in. Man, okay, so... I don't want to drone on on every one of my answers, but it's a really hard curriculum to get into our into our band. Like the yeah, there's like requirements and accountability, and like like I said, it was like the perfect group of guys that made me want to tour. Yeah, and we were really hesitant to change that lineup. Jordan was actually in the original original lineup. Yeah, and then he had a baby, and then didn't think he was going to be able to tour. And then as his life changed, he decided he could. Mm-hmm. And he came back to the fold. Yeah. You know, so like Jordan wasn't a replacement guy. Yeah. Jordan was in the original five and then he wasn't in the first set of promos and then he was back. Yeah. Um, with Jay, he was the complete outsider. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, we met him at a show yeah. in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Man. And um, we called him on last minute. We had a drummer. It was actually Zach Baker from the, from the band Slaves was supposed to be drumming for us. Yeah. Before he was enslaved, and uh, he got the offer to be enslaved and had to drop our tour. And so when we called Jade, it was just on this like super last minute deal. We'd had a, a string of uh, fill-in drummers, um, and you know he could have he could have very easily been just another fill-in drummer. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know he 
he i don't know he finds a way to like weasel into your heart man that's a really <laughs> good guy and he's a great drummer um so we're happy to have him in there now he's uh, i mean honestly it's it's kind of hard to remember a time before him now yeah. i see him every day he's, he's my gym partner he's my business partner he's my bandmate uh, yeah it's, it's even hard to remember what it was like before he came into the fold so nice nice now i i uh i don't want to go too deep into it as far as the gym but i did look at his uh his deadlift that he had on instagram he needs to throw that butt back. Oh, more. yeah. He's going to hurt his back. He needs to put a, a... He said he came back from a back injury. He needs to keep his tibia perpendicular, and he needs to throw the butt back. He definitely needs He needs to do that. It's, throw uh, the butt back. Yes, yes. Okay, because my form's worse than his, and I pulled the same weight right before that. Okay. So I pulled the weight, and then he went to go pull the weight, and I threw a video on him just to make him do it because <laughs> he failed on it. He failed on it and he wasn't going to have me outdo him. So I knew if I filmed him, he would pull it. It's going to, and it's uh, going to put but, some stress on the lower back. If he keeps that form going, he needs to, he needs to widen right, the stance I, a little bit, keep the tibia perpendicular, throw the butt back, keep the chest out, chin tucked. Gotta happen. I'm sorry. I got. All right. I, well, hey, man. I'll, I'll I'll apply that to my. Uh, I'll apply that to my forms. My forms worse than his. So nice. And he probably just said two two young men's fine. Yes. Yes. Deadlifts are a very amazing lift, but they can also be very detrimental if you're doing them wrong. I got sidetracked, guys. Back to music. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, <laughs> So let, let's talk about the newest album. Do you feel okay? It's been out three months, and I gotta say, I mean, pretty impressive numbers, especially very impressive with no tour behind it. Since you guys haven't been able to tour um, in the first month, over five million collective streams. Uh, now in three months, Swipe has almost a million streams on just Spotify alone. How do you guys feel about the response so far? How you want to take this? Sure. Uh way better than we expected i mean like you said we're not able to tour on it or anything i thought uh also with dance cabin dance releasing like the same day as us yeah uh kind of thought the record was gonna tank not gonna lie but wow. uh it did far better than we exceeded um than we exceeded all, <laughs> or <laughs> than we expected yes it exceeded what we expected Sorry. yes um it, it yeah i mean to kyle's point but we're t uh, we're a touring band man. yeah like we're not a social media band. We're not a press band. We're terrible at press. <laughs> and um, so it's like, yeah, I mean, like, I don't think I've put, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I posted on Instagram. And we were like, literally, what do we do if we can't tour? Like, people don't engage with us in any other fashion. But, like, we come to the table every night and talk to, to people. Yeah. And, like, that's where our fan, our fan base, I hate, I hate using the word fan and I hate using the word fan base. But, um, <laughs> I, I, That's I, what they are. They're, but, they're, um, they're fans of your music. You can say it. That that works. It fits. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't like putting anybody like beneath us that way. But <laughs> either way, we, people. I, I usually say the people that listen to our music. But either way, we usually hang out at the merch table and take lots of pictures and just like vibe with the audience. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we were really nervous about putting a record out with only a digital release. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it was, it, it, it honestly worked out better than 
I ever thought it would. I, you know, was very pessimistic about it. But I mean, at the same time, I believed in the song. So I mean, anything was possible. I, I knew we had a set of songs that I was really proud of. Yeah. Um, I'm just glad they resonated with people. For sure. I, I think you know, you build up, you you build up so many fans like that through touring, through seeing them, or people that listen to your music. Sorry, let me use your words. You build up a lot of people that <laughs> listen to your music. And they're dedicated because of your dedication to that in-person, you know, a- a- action. And then when you release an album and they don't have anywhere to tour, they're going to want to listen to it. They're going to want to check it out. They've got it, you know, they got to have their release somewhere. And since they can't go to the shows, they're going to listen to it online. So it's been a it's been a good response. One of the biggest one of the biggest compliments was we got accused of it being fake. What? And I was like. You think we have the budget to buy streams, man? Like, <laughs> no, that's all real. Yeah. So, well, yeah, that's a good huge compliment. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the the lyrical content on this album was the reaction to the last album uh, of Kyle. You sort of reentering the the dating scene. Uh, now, from the lyrics, it didn't seem like you were too much of a fan of the dating scene. Nope. I'm guessing you weren't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. Uh, so, like, the last time that I ever tried dating somebody, like, I was in high school. So, like, I did and Tinder wasn't a thing. Uh, like, smartphones were just a thing. That shows my age. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, like, Tinder wasn't a thing, all that kind of stuff. And so, like, the whole game with dating just changed. Because, like, For sure. dude, I hopped on Tinder and I was like, hey, like, let's go to dinner and a movie. And then yeah. they're like, that's weird, dude. Like, what, what the <laughs> like is that not what this is for i'm so confused yeah um but yeah so it's just like the whole thing changed and honestly like whenever i realized that it kind of drove me to not be a great person for a minute yeah um because you just realize that's how the world is and you start chasing tails so, yeah um <laughs> yeah so that's uh kind of the way that i viewed it for a minute but i think like everything's getting back to normal with that hopefully you you definitely got some good songs out of it though hopefully what am i saying i've been living with the same girl for a few years (laughs) (laughs) well uh one of the things that i like that it seems like that i got out of this album was it seemed like you you took a lot of sort of pop and hip-hop inspiration emotion in the verses and you combined Mm -hmm. it with sort of this the, the grandiosity, the singability of rock choruses. So you got this real rap, hip-hop-ish sort of feel or pop feel during the verse, and then it comes in with this big singable chorus. Were you guys trying to do that, yeah. or was I just hearing that? I think it's hilarious, because I think it's our heaviest record, like, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, like, nine of the songs on this record are, like, nine of the ten heaviest songs we've ever done. Yeah. So uh, we we get that a lot, you know. I mean, it's funny, like perspective, I guess. But like from behind the scenes, we're like, oh god, is this like too much rock? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Is this too rock and roll? Mm -hmm. Like when we're making the music, we're like, you know, are people going to resonate this? This isn't emo music. This is rock music. Yeah. And then you know, like you get all the reviews back, and they're like, oh, it sounds like Post Malone. It sounds like Black Bear. It sounds like all these other things. And I think that just comes from a place of like pop music is short for popular. Oh yeah. And if and so like if we wrote a good verse and it sounds pop in that respect, like it's a huge compliment. Uh, our sound guy doesn't listen to any 
Like, he listens to, like, underground music. And every time we would show him a new song, he goes, oh, is this a cover? Mm-hmm. And we're like, no, it's an original song. You don't yeah. think we could, like, what? He's <laughs> like, oh, it's just so good. I thought it was a, I thought it was a pop song. Nice. You know, yeah. and um, so, yeah, I mean, not to completely skirt your question, but, you know, I don't, I don't think anything was intentional in that regard. I, I think when we got the mixes back, we... We had a conversation where we said if our if the people that listen to the music aren't willing to come along on the ride, yeah. like that's okay. That's okay with us. Like if yeah. we have to lose a few to pivot here, like we have to do it. We have to do it to do a new thing. Yeah. And um, I mean, it just came out that way. I don't. I don't think any of it was intentional. Nice, nice. Well, I mean, you know, it's 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 like you said, creativity evolution. And uh, it, it came out well. Obviously, a lot of people came along for the ride because you've got millions of streams already. So That's right. You, you, yeah, I mean, we put a guitar solo uh, after a, a bridge that has, like, four half steps. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we have a completely atonal bridge that has a guitar solo over it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. It, it's just, like... For me, yeah. I mean, I guess I get the pop vibes. I understand people saying that, but, but for for me, like I listen to it, and all I hear is like guitar and drums. You know, <laughs> it's definitely there. The heavy's there. The rock's there for sure. You mentioned it earlier in the interview, right before the pandemic hit. You guys were uh, you finished up a tour with Hands Like Houses, and you'd actually just bought that new RV for touring. And you had a bunch of shows lined up to use that RV, uh, but they were canceled. Uh, have you guys been able to get any idea of if and when those will be rescheduled? I can tell you, I uh, I handled that stuff for the band. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you with 100% certainty they were rescheduled mm-hmm. and then canceled again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would be shocked if it's in 2020. I okay. would be shocked if it was in 2020. I know that... Uh, I know that some of those dates had been rescheduled for August and then they got rescheduled for November and I won't say with what band because uh, some of them weren't even announced yet yeah. but uh, and now and now they have holds uh, all the way back in like May of 2021 man so um, it's not looking great no definitely not looking tough for touring uh well last question then what what is on the schedule for picture s during the rest of 2020 well right now this interview (laughs) you know (laughs) i don't know man i think we're gonna start writing again i think that's what we have to do now yeah i think uh uh we've done a bunch of music videos i'm gonna talk to the label about you know since we really can't tour like it seems like that's the best platform by which to like make new content yeah but um yeah i mean kyle started streaming uh maybe like a live stream virtual show yeah uh, if the platform comes around and gets gets sleek enough to do that yeah but uh i mean we're really just like holding on for the ride like everybody else right now i mean all of our like our new music video has been pushed back many times we obviously just premiered it but you know there's it's it's been a wild year we're gonna have to get really creative yeah yeah well i hope you guys have some good writing sessions the new album is fantastic uh 
great songs on it. And uh, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show today. Thank you. Right, man. Thank you for having me. It was a great interview. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Uh, listeners, you can check out all things Picturesque at Picturesque.com or at Instagram at Picturesque Band. Right now, let's take a listen to Swipe by Picturesque right here on the Doc G Show. She says you love me, but she don't. Yeah. She says you call me, but she won't. Yeah, I know she's always on her phone Yeah, I say I miss you, but I won't But I know that every time we meet up, I swear you look a little different I've been spending too much time sitting looking at your pictures Girl, you're sticking out your tongue and you look a little extra But you wanting that attention, man She says she love me, but she don't She says she love me, but she don't She says she love me, but she don't The Doc a G a show picturesque. Yes. Boom. Picturesque. Yes. That's right. Love that jam. That's swipe. Yeah. It's the name of that title. Swipe. Swipe. And I think it's a it's a reference, Jake, to uh, swiping left and right hmm. in the uh, in the uh, services of online dating. That's the that's ah, the I reference see now. there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, had. I gotta, go ahead. 
Uh, I was just going to say, I'm reading all their info online right now. These dudes seem like really cool and like really just not just the music part, but when I'm looking at these albums and their lyrics and stuff for their songs, just really creative just all around so true they're down to earth dudes you know as you saw in the interview they're down they're really down to earth dudes i mean they they like to as they say they like to nerd it out man they play card games they do that they do online gaming they're fine with that right and they play music that they like they're not afraid to admit it that they like nick jonas and i like nick jonas too all right who doesn't he's got some fire hits bro he does, man. Chains. Oh, mm. God. When Chains came out, that was a jam right there. I listened to that over and over again. Working out, lifting. You lifting some chains. Oh, yeah. And Nick Jonas got his body right, you know? After He's he went on a solo career, he, he bulked up. He got some, yeah, well, he got some muscles. That's because you know? he's in he's in a new show, I believe. It's called, like, uh, it's on Netflix. It's called Kingdom. And I think, <sighs> I don't... I don't know if he plays. The, I don't know if he plays the role, but I know it's about you, like kind of the mixed martial arts and UFC. No, so. see, I didn't even know that. Well, I was yeah. talking about like three years ago when he got bulked up. So he probably got even more bulked up now. Mm-hmm. It's just Nick Jonas hot in the streets right now. You know, so true. And, it's, and I always, you know, Nickelback gets gets pounded on, but I'm like, hey, listen, listen. If Nickelback was cool enough for Dimebag Daryls to want to record a song with them, they're pretty cool. All right? That's right. If Dimebag wants to record with you, you're not bad. All right? You're not bad. That's all I got to say. But I'll tell you who else isn't bad. Picturesque. They're great. That's what they are. They're great. So true. Uh, Jake, are you you ready? Are you ready for the newest edition are the no? This is the newest edition of the Doc ah. G Show. Okay. Jordan Shoe and Tell. Jordan Shoe and Tell, my friend. Part four. Part four. Here we go. Already? Are you ready? Yes, sir. Jordan thirty fours. Thirty fours. I brought out the new ones. The Those are new beautiful. ones. Yeah. These were, uh, this is the first one on Shoe and Tell here, Jake, that has not been designed by Tinker Hatfield. These, oh, okay. these are a new designer. These are Tate Kerbis. Say what? Tate Kerbis, who's been with Nike since 95, designed with Jordan since 99, but his first solo project wasn't until the AJ18s. But the 34s, it's all him. This is all him, man. This is a, this is a Tate classic right here. They're beautiful. Uh, now I know Jake, you're a fan of balling. You like to get in a little cardio sometimes, doing a little balling. Yeah, um, I like to pass it. Now I'll tell you, if you're looking to ball, these are the most ballable Jordans I have ever owned. Yes! Like these, you can really get some balling in. In fact, these are the lightest pair of Jordans ever made. Um, oh. You've also got mad lateral stability with these because of the plate that's in the middle of the shoe. Very nice. Very nice. Very responsive. Very light. Good pair to get your ball on. Now, the addition that I've got today, standard bread colors. Black, white, red. Black, white, and red. Um, I will tell you, you're probably going to see these again. Not the same colorway but another pair of 34s in this segment of the show down the road. Say what? That's right. 
I got another pair coming. Um, now on these, Jake, they've got the uh, tag J four three four two eight nine one nine, which is a tribute. Apparently, this is uh, supposed to be a tribute to the the thirtieth anniversary of the Jordan fours. So that's what that represents. Oh, okay. J four being Jordan four, thirty four being this the pair of the thirty fourth Jordan pair, and then two eight nine being February eighty nine and one nine being the year that these were released. Boom, there you go. Mm. Uh, last thing I got to say about these: obviously Jordan never wore these in a game. Uh, he's been retired for sixteen years when these came out. But so true. But. Before the 2020 season went on hiatus, Zion Williamson had his career high in these shoes. 35 points. 35 points against the Lakers. 12 for 13 from the field. Boom! Boom! There you go. There you go, Jake. Shoe and tell, part four. How do you feel about that? Well, I got to get me some Jordans. I don't have a single pair, so I'm a little jealous. Come on, man. No, you said you judge a man about the shoes they wear. How how are you judging me right now with these shoes? I think you're very sophisticated. Um, I'm fly. I'm fly as. Is that what you yeah. think? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. what I meant to say. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Boom. Do it. Yes. Nailed it. All right. I'm fired up. I'm ready. Are you ready? Last birthday suit. All right. Let's get it. What's my percentage? Uh, eighty-five percent. Okay. So still, again, still pretty passing. high. Now, mm-hmm. I will say Dave this week got all three as well. So, mm. um, you can break even with him. I this guess one so. I know you know I know you know who it is. So, I don't think it should be that hard. It's just right. probably recalling his name. Okay. Uh, okay. Born in Memphis, Tennessee, our birthday suit wearer's dad was an optometrist. His mother was an IRS clerk. Our birthday suit wearer was interested in journalism and sports from a young age. He ended up decided going to the University of Tennessee and ended up getting a degree in political science. After graduating, he took a job at the Birmingham Post writing sports columns. He worked for the Birmingham Post until 2010. But in the 1980s, he started a sports radio show on WAPIAM, which quickly became the highest-rated sports talk show in Birmingham. Word. In 2001, he became syndicated. His show skyrocketed in popularity when, in 2011, Harvey Updike called into the show and claimed he had poisoned the tumor's oak trees in Al- Auburn, Alabama. In 2013, he signed with ESPN, and his show is based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Name that birthday suit where? Paul Feinbaum. Paul Feinbaum is correct. Yes, indeed. There we go. I didn't know. I knew it had to be some famous reporter, but whenever you said, I remember that when it happened, whenever they called into the, the guy called in and said, yeah, I I poisoned those, those trees. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. I, I remember that, like, because I, I was watching the show, and that happened. Rolled, like, rolled, died. Dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. I so, wonder, do you? Uh, I'm. Do you? Do you watch the or listen to the Paul Feinbaum show either? Hmm. I, I don't anymore, just because it like it comes on at kind of mid afternoon or something, and yeah. I'm just usually training or in school. But I do listen. I mean, I do listen to sports radio. Like I listen to Dan Patrick probably every day. 
Mm, uh, mm, but, more of a Dan Patrick man. You know, yeah. we've uh, me and Dan Patrick, we've shared some uh, uh, of the same guests. So true. We've yeah. had the same guest on our show. Uh, he had Travis Meadows on the show right before we had Travis Meadows on the show. So there you go. There you I go. Bet, I bet Ryan Clark has been on both as well. Yeah, he's been on both. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Paul Feinbaum turning the big 64. Sometimes I really like listening to Paul. Sometimes not so much. Because uh, sometimes the uh, the call-ins, they get a little too much. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they get a little too much yelly back and forth. They start yelling at each other, and I'm just like, okay, this is too much. It's making me anxious. I can't listen to this anymore, you know? Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's good. Uh, m- most of the time, if I'm going on a long road trip, I'll, I'll catch some Paul in the middle of the afternoon, like you said. I'll jump on there, catch some Paul in the afternoon. It's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, happy birthday to Paul. He is turning the big 6'4", 1955. I didn't mention that. July 26, 1955. Turning the big 6'4". Uh, happy birthday. Well, 6'5", sorry. 6'5". There sorry. you go. Didn't roll over the year. 6'5". Yes, math. Math. I'm, I, I, I claim to be not bad at arithmetic. Not hmm. bad. Uh, okay. Jake, it is time to tell you about the great shows we have. We have two lined up I'm very excited about. Coming up next show, we've got Little Hurricane. Very excited about Little Hurricane. They've been around for 10 years. They're a duo out of San Diego. Uh, Tone Bone and CeCe. Rocking it. CeCe on drums, Tone Bone on guitar. Uh, They are also married. They have two kids now. CeCe went on tour being pregnant twice. That's got to be a pain going mm-hmm. around the country, around the world. She went to she went to Europe, pregnant, loading gear, unloading and loading her drums. You know me, I didn't want to take acoustic drums anywhere just because they're a hassle to nope. unload and load when you're not pregnant. Yeah, I was like, can we use the electronic drum set? I don't want to have to lug all my acoustic drums. You still got my acoustic drums. I don't want to take those around places. It's tough. Yeah. No one wants to do that. And she was doing she was doing that when when she was pregnant. Crazy. Cece's gonna be on the show. She's gonna be a fun time to talk to. We've also got Red Fang coming on the show. Classic rock band, great jam band. Very excited to have both of them on the show. But Jake, it is about that time of the show where we have to wrap it up. We Dang have to it. finish things up. So, I've been your host. Doc G, with me, as always, Papa J-Bones Parlor. And as always, keep her sleazy. Boom. Boom, that is correct. And until next time, zip it up and zip it out.